Welcome to Platypod, the official podcast of the Committee for the Anthropology of Science, Technology, and Computing. Here, we host dialogues and conversations about the theories, tools, and social interactions that explore questions at the intersection of anthropology and science and technology studies. This bonus content is a reading from Platypus, the Castag blog. Enjoy! Reactions and Ruptures, Ethnographies of Nuclear Life, uh, an introduction by Timothy Neal and Catherine Trundle. In one sense, nuclear materials direct our attention to the vibrancy and reactivity of all material life. Nuclear elements such as uranium, radium, thorium and plutonium regularly leak electrons during the process known as radioactive decay or nuclear disintegration, interacting and transforming themselves and others in unpredictable ways. At the same time, nuclear events and places are often framed as ruptures, whether in the form of nuclear weapons detonations, nuclear disaster inquiries, the creation of new nuclear power or waste projects, or the founding of new mines to unearth nuclear elements. From this perspective, nuclear events, such as the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster, somehow signal a break, implying that before, the Fukushima region was untouched by disruptive energies and the effects of the nuclear. The nuclear actor enters, causes a break, and leaves worlds permanently altered. As historian and anthropologist Gabriel Hecht explains, Forms of nuclearity, the techno-political regimes that emerge around things deemed nuclear, are not given, uniform, or stable. They emerge, shift, and react. Compare, for example, the different political histories and interpretations placed around investments in nuclear energy and nuclear medicine, or even their respective waste products. This upcoming series brings together three scholars, Tomoki Burkett, Maxime Polleri and Kirsty Howie, whose ethnographic research focuses on life as it is entangled with the ruptures and reactions of nuclear materials, events and places. In the series, they discuss how their work brings into question common understandings of nuclear events. Against common representations of such events as breaks or ruptures, these scholars show how they are instead continuous with longer term histories of race, science, gender and labor. How does attention to the materialities of radiation give us new insights into the reactive and disruptive systems of power, such as imperialism and settler colonialism, that distribute and disperse nuclear things in our world? How can we both articulate the very real impacts and contaminations of nuclear events, and at the same time, stay attuned to the transformative energies of colonial power and epistemologies. Tomoki Burkett reveals the fraught reproductive politics of post-Fukushima Japan, taking up an interlocutor's description of anti-radiation efforts as hentai, and the inference that Japanese mothers who take issue with nuclear reconstruction in late capitalist Japan are perverse and aberrant. As Burkett describes, the contemporary moment contains traces of imperial logics that seek to control reproduction, in part by stigmatizing those imagined to lack 
productivity. State discourses position those who take issue with government radiation standards and policies as not only ignorant and uninformed, as might be expected, but also as discriminatory and harmful to women. This achieves a fascist inversion of violence, Burkett argues, with targets of state violence simultaneously repositioned as sources of harm and healing, their maternal identities weaponized to both discredit their concerns and enroll them in making the national polity whole again. Citing scholars such as Lou Cornham and M. Tai, Burkett asks us how such a situation calls for us to deform or decay normative forms such as citizens rather than make recourse to them. Maxine Polari places in conversation common nuclear narratives of victimhood and damaged bodies with post-victimhood approaches to research. He cautions us against elevating discourses of resistance over other modes of relating to and even accommodating radiation. In a striking contrast of Burkett's research on mothers of young children seeking to leave contaminated towns, Polari shifts our attention to older male farmers willingly returning to irradiated regions to rejuvenate land and crops. This contrast reveals tensions between the gendered divisions of production and reproduction. It also spotlights the importance of age not only as a sociological category containing a set of differentiated generational norms, but crucially, as a figure in which biology, life course, and notions of life itself meet and diverge. The real and perceived risk of radiation exposure and exposure dose rates varies between smaller and larger bodies, between young and old cells, and between pre-reproductive, reproductive, and post-reproductive bodies. Kirsty Howey explores the bureaucratic afterlives of a yellow cake mine within wide extractive economies and legal apparatuses in Australia. She cautions us from seeing the dangerous spectre of radioactivity within nuclear afterlives as the primary figure of its potency, for it is as much the mundane bureaucratic pathways and protocols that a uranium mine carves out in the benevolent language of contract, which goes on to shape and limit the opportunities for indigenous communities to negotiate with the state. Howie also stretches the scales of time and space that nuclear technologies and their biological effects normally make visible. The Fukushima disaster can thus be traced back to Australia and the bureaucratic life of Yellowcake. Such an approach renders explicit the social links between nuclear-affected communities and the chains of exchange and causation upon which nuclear injury depends. Perhaps it suggests new alliances upon which global modes of social action might grow. Mattering, Barad argues, quote, is simultaneously a matter of substance and significance, end quote. In the mattering of materials such as nuclear isotopes, we might find, quote, an invitation to live justly, end quote, if we are responsive and responsible. These three scholars' ethnographic research pursues this invitation, revealing how nuclear materials are embedded and sedimented, remarkable and mundane, to give us new insights into nuclearities as they emerge, shift, and react in curious ways. Stay tuned in the upcoming weeks for the three individual pieces. The references for this introductory essay include 
Karen Barad's 2007 book, Meeting the Universe Halfway, Gabriel Hecht's 2014 book, Being Nuclear, Africans and the Global Uranium Trade, Kirsty Howey's 2020 article, The Ranger Uranium Mine Agreement Revisited, and Maxime Polari's 2019 article, Conflictual Collaboration, Citizen Science and the Governments of Radioactive Contamination After the Fukushima Nuclear Disaster. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any comments and feedback, feel free to share them with us on the blog. You can find the link to the post in the description of the episode.